You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Thank you so much for tuning in to Mama's Talking Loud. Jess and I love bringing these stories to you, amplifying the journey of the working artist mom, supporting the struggle, and striving to change the social safety net. But we need your help. If you haven't already, we would so appreciate if you would follow, rate, and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. This is the way we can continue to raise awareness and change the narrative. And if you want more insight into our world, please follow us on Instagram at Mama's Talking Loud, on Twitter at Mama's Talking Pod, and on our website, www.mamastalkingloud.com. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Jessica Rush. And I'm Kara Cooper. Kicking off Pride Month, we have the Broadway Husbands, seen individually in many shows, including Wicked, Hello, Dolly, and Billy Elliot. Co-hosts of their own podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network, they teach, coach, and are here to share their ongoing five-year journey toward becoming fathers. Here's our conversation with Brett Shuford and Stephen Hanna. Welcome, friends. Welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Steven's and, putting his phone on Do Not Disturb. Sorry. There you go. Remembered. No, I, I fully, full disclosure, I just did the that. same thing, but thank you for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so good to see your faces. I know. It's, yeah, it's really good to see your faces, too. Y'all, I have to tell you, I've known them now. Well, Brett and I have known each other for 30 years, I think. Yeah, yeah, I know. Steven's mouth is accessible, Jess, because you're 25. Yeah, How's totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. We used to do theater together in Southeast Texas. And then my dad was his high school drama teacher for a year before we moved. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. We carpooled Very, a lot. The rushes had a, have a huge impact on my life. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that was that was a big time. Yeah. And um, a lot of things were decided and came out literally in <laughs> I talked about it on their podcast but I was the first person that Brett came out to 
Mm-hmm. Kara, I don't think you knew that. I but, did not um, know that. No, yeah. I definitely did yeah. not know that. Backstage, I think, at Brigadoon. Yeah, backstage. <laughs> and he had a crush on uh, the quarterback in the high school. I mean, who was oh, also in the drama department. You also had a crush on the Tulsa and that Gypsy. Was before I knew Jessica. Oh, okay, okay. That was before. I was like, wait. I've heard anyway, so many crushes. We go, which well, crush is which? Sensible. But we go way back. And, um, and then Stephen and Brett, I've known them now together, you know, for a while but you guys so normally we start talking about you know having guests tell us about their children or their child um you guys are still on that journey so will you tell us how you came tell us a little about y'all and who you are as a couple you know and then people can also tune into the broadway husbands podcast and find out more because they have their own but will you give us a little backstory yeah sure i mean just a little bit you know i you know, I was a principal dancer with New York City Ballet when I met Brett. I'm Steven. And we met when when I was first getting sober, um, which is another um, episode. Um, and so and he is also sober. So that's kind of how we met. And there was a quick um, an a- attraction. We like were instantly kind of into each other. And um, we, we, we were actually friends for a while. And then, um, and then eventually we were out of some terrible relationships that we were in and then it was like game on and we've been together ever since. And, um, that was in 2007. And, uh, since then, um, we've both been on Broadway in shows together at the same time. I was in, we've never been in a show together, together, but we both have worked on broadway simultaneously (laughs) (laughs) so Um, and when we first started dating i was in billy elliott and he was in little mermaid so it was across the street from each other it was like the little gay dream come true yeah 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 so we'd walk each other to work and then drop each other off and then my show was much longer than his was and i would come home expecting dinner and he wouldn't he wouldn't really have it ready because oprah (laughs) i'd have to watch oprah that was my priority but we um we got married in 2011 and we just celebrated our 10-year wedding anniversary and congratulations isn't that crazy jessica was there i was that's crazy that's crazy it was beautiful and i love y'all in your suits i love that we all share those pictures because they're so cute i remember when you went it was during jersey boys right it was well well long story long story short i had to miss the actual ceremony because i had a callback for evita and i was having (laughs) issues like there was all this drama and i had my voice was it was a mess but i did go to the reception yeah. And my husband was there because Eric videoed it and made your wedding video. Yeah. That was for the hot second he was doing that. So, but yeah. um, he did, we watch it every year. And Aww. yeah, it's like the best way to show people the day because it's like he all is, the best moments so in God. a music video. Um, but yeah, so that's anyway. our like. Did I miss anything? I mean, <laughs> is there something you need to add? No, I think it's, <laughs> you did an excellent job. All right, Steven. Right. That was so good. So, I mean, the parenting journey, I guess, do we want. Like, yeah, so, so let's get, get to that. I was we just always to, talked about being dads i mean it was something we had talked about pretty early on in our relationship like i remember vividly saying to steven oh my god raising a kid with you would be so much fun we would Mm -hmm. have such it would be such a cool adventure but we were always kind of waiting for that right moment you know you always you know and then people say there is no right moments like yeah for gay men there is because like we can't just get pregnant you know we have to figure that out and and i think initially we had always thought we were going to go the adoption route. That was kind of our, we, we just kind of had made that decision early on in conversations that we had with each other. We always thought we would adopt 
Yeah, and then and then at some point, well, Stephen likes to talk about this movie he saw that Molly Shannon was in. What was it called? <laughs> I don't know what it's called, but it's a it's a very depressing movie. <laughs> Molly Shannon, believe it or not, it's a very dramatic role. It's for a her. great it's a great movie. Film, but it's she's like she's a dying mom of cancer. Of, she's dying of cancer, and she has a gay son who goes and basically is taking care of her before she dies. And there's this scene right before she dies, and she says. Um, just promise me um, when I'm gone that you'll come back to visit your sisters. And he was like, well, yeah, of course I will. And she was like, because when you do, you'll always see me. In, in them. In their... <laughs> and so I just like. <laughs> oh, I'm crying. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's just like, and that scene just like kind of got us. I mean, clearly. And, um, and then there was another conversation about, you know, my I have a brother who my oldest brother, which Jessica knows, has um, has a uh, special needs. He's on the spectrum. He has something called fragile X syndrome, and it's something that kind of genetically has been passed throughout my my family. My my cousin had her her son has it. It's just like this, and it's it's passed through the female line of um, the genetic carrier, um, and. I was just really nervous. Like, well, if, you know, I, don't, I, I just don't know, like, I know what it was like having a brother with special needs growing up with that. And I know I wouldn't have the guts if we, if we had, if we did adopt a child that had needs or had special needs or needed help, I wouldn't want to, to turn that kid away. I, it, there was just like all these things we started having those conversations about how do we eliminate I just don't know that I have the, I personally want to go through that experience of seeing my parents are still raising my brother. He's my oldest brother and there's, he's lives with them. It's just such a responsibility. And I was like, is there, how do we eliminate the risk of going through that process again? And, you know, surrogacy is, a, is, it doesn't eliminate it, but how do we reduce it? And, um, surrogacy, you know, we can do genetic testing and we can look at the chromosomes and we can figure all those things out before we get pregnant. And I, I just felt like that was something for me, I would like to, to do if we're going to be a parent. Um, and I, you know, it sounds I, to me, I have a lot of guilt around it because I feel like it sounds like I'm not grateful for my brother or like that. It, it, and I am, I mean, it was, he's such a gift to our family, but it's just seeing the stress and the, and the pressure that my parents still have. I would like to, to sort of reduce that if we're going to move forward and be parents. And so we, we, that was one of our discussions. And so and, ultimately we decided to do surrogacy. Yeah. And so I think one of the biggest hurdles for us around just having a child in general is like putting up a lot of money up front. So, you know, we were trying to figure out if we could even do surrogacy. So we see this movie, we get really emotional. I think it was like, I want to say it was in the fall of 2017 when we saw it. And I, it was like a calling. Like I remember like constantly waking up and being like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. We got to make this happen. We got to do this. So um, we started seeing how much it would cost and what it takes to actually do that. And what um, they tell you is like flat out, everyone says, oh, it's going to cost you a hundred thousand dollars, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to go through the surrogacy process, which sounds like at, you know, up front, you're like, oh my God, how will I ever be able to afford that? But then we, we went through an organization called Men Having Babies, which is a great um, 
nonprofit that helps gay couples or, or even single gay men figure out their parenting journey. And I met this doctor. this doctor, this fertility doctor, and we had he was gay, he has kids of his own, and we had a conversation. He's like, you don't need to throw $100,000 out up front. You can do it in segments. And, and that was a much more like digestible process yeah. for us yeah. versus like writing a check for a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, well, if we do like 10,000 here and 40,000 yeah. there, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So well, that's how we started it. But it's anyway. So, that's, so that was in 2017. It is now 2021. We still have no baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a journey. I don't, I mean, I, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine what, how, what that process is like. And I, I hope you're okay going into it at some point. Yeah, um, yeah. I want to go back to what you were talking about and I'm going to get teary because I have a daughter with special needs. I have a daughter who's on the spectrum and just knowing that you see the struggle of your parents, um, and recognize that as the sibling of one, you know, it just means a lot. And I have an, I have another typical child who I know is going to have that experience as well being the sibling of, and I foresee a future that she probably is going to live with us. And, you know, that will be a part of our lives. Um, so it's, it's just interesting for me to hear from a sibling of a special needs kid. So that's just my little part. I'm going to take a little second. Jess, yeah. why don't you take it yeah. away? No, for sure. For sure. I mean, those are the things that, you know, I've seen your relationship with your brother and I, you know, Eric is awesome. And like y'all, you know, he, has so much joy and brings so much joy to your family. And, um, but I think that it has, I understand how you can say you feel some guilt about expressing that feeling, but that's a very real and honest feeling. I mean, any parent will tell you the parenthood journey, whether your child is neurotypical or not, like that is, it's a lot to be a parent. It is so much to be a parent. And if there is a way to to know to if there's something like that, you know, like as those those of us who get pregnant naturally, we don't always know that we carry genetic markers or we have things and it's always a crapshoot, right? No matter what, even if you do the genetic testing, you still don't know who that child's going to be and what's going to come down the road. Um, so I understand, though, like being able to acknowledge and hold space for the struggles and the journey that your parents have been on. And as you as well, because one day when your parents are not here, it will fall to you and your brothers to take care of him, you know? And so that is, I think, to not acknowledge that and to not consider that with regard to your journey would have been irresponsible to a certain degree, you know? I mean, it's a, it's a big jump to just be a parent, you know? And I see, I just, you know, and I've said before how amazing Kara is, I see her struggle on the daily and how, you know, she adores Elon and takes such good care of her. And I've said from day one to have Kara and Graham as advocates for their daughter, Elon is so lucky. But I also know what it is to be in Kara's world with Elon, you know? And so yeah. um, and I just, what? I mean, I would never, I, I don't ever want to change her, but if I could eliminate that stress that you were talking about, that kind of mm -hmm. underlying. So it's, it's, it's very responsible of you to be, you know, thinking about the path forward. And if there is a world in which you have any control over that, you know, what, what little control we do have. Like, I know mm -hmm. for a fact we could 
not have genetically tested for Elin and we never would have known, you know, she doesn't have a specific thing that would have been recognizable. And so it is what it is, you know? Right. Um, And that's the thing. I mean, it's just about, you know, one of the gifts I think of this process is being able to reduce and, and, and look at the genetic markups and like, you know, we can, we could have the doctor look at the egg donors eggs and genetically check and see if they're compatible with our sperm. And like, that's something that like, that's a gift yeah. Yeah, of the, yeah. of the process. Yeah. But, but then also in the same like breath, you know, we're talking about trying to control what little we can. Right. And clearly we have no control because we're gonna love- we've been doing this since 2017 know, and we still don't have that. a baby. So Yeah. Well, tell us. So you guys, I mean, and I just, what a, when you do have this child, whether you continue down the surrogacy road or you adopt, I just want to say they're going to be so lucky because you guys clearly do want so much to be parents and to be dads and, and you're awesome people and individuals and you are going to have a blast. You are going to have so much fun when that time comes. Um, and how lucky for a child to have been wanted so much that, that you've gone through this year's long journey. So will you, if you jumped off the bat, you jumped into surrogacy right? And you made that decision. Will you tell us, will you tell us now, like sort of how that has been as you've continued on? Well, uh, do you want to, I will say like, you know, family, let's just talk about family for a minute and the decision to become parents, because that was an interesting process because my family is so conservative in Texas and, um, they don't, they don't, the, they know like two gay people, us, right? And then my, like, but then like, but except for my niece who came out, you know, but it's now just they like, know three. but they don't have like the capacity or the exposure to understand things. And, you know, I remember when I said to my brother, my older brother, um, I don't shouldn't say his name, um, but I remember when I said to him, like, you know, we really want to have kids and we're really kind of, focusing our energy in that direction. And he was like, do you really think your lifestyle is conducive to being parents? Mm. You know, and this is a guy who's been married three times and, you know, gone through like several messy divorces and custody battles. And I'm like, I've been married to one person. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I've like set out for and, and achieved my goals in life. Like, you know, it's just an interesting, that privilege of, of not understanding mm-hmm. what yeah. that is. That was an interesting journey. Um, and then in the, like the opposite way, my, uh, my family, my, I only have one brother and he does not have any kids. So my, um, my mom and dad are just like, yes, have a baby any way you can. We don't care. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, they, they don't even ask any questions. Like, is it, is it happening? What's happening? You is, know, she like, pregnant? is she pregnant? Yeah, yeah, you know. um, so yeah, they're just like, get a baby now, now. You know? So anyway, so that, that, especially if we're talking pride month and talking about LGBTQ. Yes. You know, that was something I actually had building. said to Kara. I said, I would love to talk to them about just being a married gay couple and then wanting to be dads with regard to your upbringing and where people don't from. understand. And it's so frustrating. And I think that as, especially with the surrogacy process, it's like everyone just assumes you're going to adopt and then they don't, and, and people don't know how to have that dialogue. And, and then like, mm-hmm. especially when you say like, we're going to go through surrogacy. Well, whose is, whose is it going to be? Whose is it going to be? And then the question is, well, I mean, you got to make sure that she's going to give up the baby after it's That's born. That's something that I'm like, my mom has said to me, like, you're not going to, you're not going to like let her see, see the, the baby, baby after it's born. It's like, what? 
She's a, a person that we're having a relationship with that's carrying our child. Like it's not her egg. It's not anyway. It's just an interesting, constant, interesting conversation that comes up or, you know, well, because we constantly have to remind them that genetically the baby is the egg donors and ours and she's, she's just carrier. the carrier. And then once they become clear on that, they're always like, Oh, but this is a conversation that's happened multiple all the time. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's happened and multiple across, times. and you've been doing this for like five years and it's still happening. Still. That's how mm-hmm. much you have to go back to it mm-hmm. over and, and over again. Yeah. Especially because I feel like once the child is there, sometimes maybe that, you know, that gets stripped away because then there's the focus of the child, but you've right. been kind of in this purgatory of having to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it for well, so and also long. I think that so many people, I, I mean, we've even been guilty of this where they'll look at the baby and be like, he kind of looks like that kid, that mm. dad or that dad. And you know, if that baby is there, ours, exactly. it's going to be our baby. And, mm. um, but anyway, I, I think what's interesting. So we started this, process of just getting like the egg donor and getting the embryos made that was the first step step. and that we didn't really know you know we were trying to we didn't want to go through an agency if you go through an agency you drop twenty thousand dollars just to start right and we just didn't have that and we were like you know, the, the doctor was like, you could just get your embryos made and frozen and you could just pay to have them frozen until you're ready for the next step. So we just went through our clinic. They sent us some egg donors. Do you want to tell? Yeah. Yeah. So, so like choosing the egg donor, I was going to say, you didn't just like call up like some friend. I was going to drop some name from our business, but I don't want to put that on them. But like, you could just like call up a friend because I know that has happened. I do know, like there's someone in our business who was an egg donor for someone i'll tell you off camera people are like who is it but the twins that came from that donor are her eggs like i also know someone in our business who's who was a sperm donor for his gay sister's um egg or embryo match so the egg is from the non-related woman and the sperm is from basically the uncle yeah, I mean, so this they're genetically tied. I mean, we were, yeah. I was thinking about reaching out to my cousins and like all this stuff, but then I was like, doesn't you know, the doctor was too. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. the doctor was like, it doesn't really matter. Right. Like, yeah. you know, you just you need a healthy baby. Well, yeah. And all of those you know? things that we <laughs> exactly. were talking about, they're like, you can control as much as you think you can control. But the truth is, you can't control any of it. And the kid's going to get here and they're going to yep. be what they're going to be. Yeah. So, yeah. so tell yeah. us, I'm sorry, we jumped in. So tell us about Yeah, it. yeah. So, um, so we went through um, their list of egg donors. And I think truthfully, I think we only looked at three profiles. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. And the first profile that we saw um, was a young lady who, um, she was very sweet. She had a video. The other, it's like a dating. Profile. It's like a dating yeah. profile. The you other, know, it's <laughs> like you see, like everything. There's a whole photos of her as a child, child and yeah. photos of her and her ethnicity like, and her eye color, all this stuff. And then, um, but she had a video, and the other two profiles did not. Um, and she had this video, and she spoke, and she told us, you know, why she wanted to do it, and she wanted to do it because her husband, um, his parents, I guess, were not very good parents, and so he was kind of taken in by like these uh, two gay men and they kind of helped raise him. And, um, and so they're still, yeah, they're still close with him. And he said, 
you know, the one thing we regret is that we never tried to have a child. So she was like, I always wanted to help a gay family. Um, and then she, she mentioned that she's a twin and Brett is a twin. And she was also a dancer. And so we were like, oh, you guys, like, she's the one. Well, well, we're like, great. Yeah. So it was super, it was, we don't know her name. We, we don't, don't know her name. You don't know her <laughs> name even? Three, two, one, A, B, You guys, I've cried now like three times already. I was episode. not yeah. anticipating this today. <laughs> <laughs> when was so we that picked then? Her. That was in He's March got- of 2018. Oh my God. So okay. we, we did our, they call it, um, was that the team day? No, 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 no. But wrong. So that was in March of 2018. So you go, you give the sperm. They were able to get like, oh, she was so fertile that she, they extracted 38 eggs from That's her. That's a lot of wow. eggs. But you know how it is. It's like, yeah. and then they narrow it down, and she. I think they ended up with eleven, 11 eggs, <laughs> and then after that, they were able to get five embryos. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. legit, y'all. Yeah. So that was that process, and-, and then they were frozen, and then that was like it. And I was like, okay, well, let's just hold off. We'll just keep these frozen. And then I was like, how do we find a surrogate? And someone had suggested looking on Facebook. There's like Facebook groups for gestational carriers and intended parents. And so I just joined these groups. Also, I was trying to figure out the vocabulary. Like I didn't know gestational carriers actually were intended surrogate or that we were the intended parents. So there's like verbiage that I just wanted to try to get familiar with. And out of the blue, I just on an impulse, which I tend to do, um, I made a post in one of these groups with our photo and was like, we're Stephen and Brett, like we live in New York and we, you know, just just like we're, we are hoping to have a baby in the near future. Let me tell you the people who reached out on Facebook were, I mean, there were some sketchy looking people. We got some interesting messages for sure. (laughs) Like no teeth, like, you know, I'm very healthy. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe not. But we but we did get a message from somebody who seemed to be, you know, seemed to be good and seemed to be great. And she had been a surrogate twice before or once before. And she had two kids. Um and uh so we started talking with her. We started talking with her and her husband. They seemed very, you know, they seemed normal and it seemed good. So we you know, took the steps. She sent in her medical records and she checked out. We ended up flying her up to New York in March or February of 2019. And we had our team day, which is where, you know, she goes through all the medical testing. We do like a therapy session with her. There's, you know, all of the stuff, the physical um, anatomy, you know, they take the blood and all the stuff. And, um, and she seemed fine. Everything was good. She had one little, she had some PTSD that she had experienced since being a surrogate from, um, uh, there was a break in to their house. And that was the reason why she couldn't go back to the agency she worked with. Right. Um, they were very particular, like you can't have any PTSD or anything like that. So other than that, she was a great candidate, but then. And they were able to clear her of all of that stuff. She was they good. talked to her therapist and she was fine. Um, and then we took a while to go to the next step. So we were cleared um, and we weren't really in a financial place immediately to move forward. To move forward. Like he, he left Hello Dolly. Like we were both like kind of in this transition 
uh, mm-hmm. career-wise. So we were like, uh, let's just wait. And then I, and then I booked Wicked in like November. I remember when you booked and- Wicked and thinking like the lottery, he won the lottery. Yeah. Like now yeah. they can have the baby. Like that's just yeah. like you'll that know. That was like, exactly what we thought. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then and then <laughs> and, and but, then COVID. So, <clears throat> but she she had said you know we had said we're we're in a bit of a financial place can we hold she so said November, just let me know or just December dis- by yeah. December and so in November I booked Wicked and I was like oh, and we were hey. gonna move forward and we reached out to her and said hey we're ready like, let's we're ready let's do this and she was like I'm not interested anymore so <sighs> and that was at Thanksgiving I I believe I was actually visiting your family and you weren't with me because you booked Wicked anyways. I was, um, when we got that news and that was devastating, that was devastating. That was a big hurdle and roadblock. Um, so that was Thanksgiving. And then the second week of December, we went to a friend's birthday party. One of your recent guests, yeah. Kate, Kate Reinders. Oh, okay. I was, oh, <laughs> it was her birthday party in December. And her, 2019, this is still pre-pandemic. Her friend was there who we know, um, who's a mom and awesome awesome person we be, kind of become friends with them we'd spent a day with them at disney world they live in orlando and um she's drunk at the party and <laughs> not, she's not wasted, not wasted but like she's drunk <laughs> you know she's and she's chatty like, yeah. she's chatty yeah she's like i would so carry your baby and we were like and we we're like we'll call you tomorrow you better be serious because we're not joking around so we called her the next day and um and she was like i'm serious and I she was totally, serious i wouldn't yeah. offer this to anybody but i just think you'd be great parents and we were like okay wow and so and and now she signed a legal agreement with us and we 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 and then the pandemic hit of course and we were like oh great oh, right because we were supposed to do all of that stuff in, in march. march like literally oh, my like, God. the monday God. after the shutdown was our supposed to be our team day oh no <laughs> <sighs> Oh my god. Well, this is perfect spot. Well, we will take a break. Y'all come back and hear the rest of it. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. I'm dying to hear the rest of the story. I mean, me too, you guys. Because then the pandemic hit. What happens I... next? So what then is the it? pandemic, the pandemic hit. Um, we had to cancel. The we canceled it. We like rescheduled. I think the first time we were scheduled to May, and then it was still like last when Broadway May was, was only going to be shut down for four weeks. Remember that? Well, and, <laughs> and we ran into this issue with her. You know, she has two kids. One has an immunodeficiency, and so then she's like, I don't want to get exposure to yeah. the virus. Yeah, of course. Um, 
And so we're trying to figure out how to get her to, to Connecticut, Connecticut, which is where a doctor is. Oh. It just was such a thing. So we kept rescheduling <laughs> the appointment. Um, well, and on top of that all, let's not forget, your job was gone. Yeah. Right. And right. Then, the money was gone. <laughs> like that was right. the money you had planned. And at this time, y'all yeah. still yeah. had your East Village apartment, apartment. right? Yeah. In New York. Yeah. 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 So we're living in our, we're quarantined in our 550 square foot fourth floor walk up, <sighs> trying not to kill each other. <laughs> and, you know, that's not true. We got along so well. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Going on. <laughs> Going on walks to like Tompkins Square Park where all the homeless people are like hanging out and, and we're trying to do like and TikToks and we're like, doing, like, okay, TikTok go. <laughs> right. The madness of like creating content too and trying to build During that COVID side times. of the business. I mean, that's a whole thing yeah. too. Well, yeah, and that's yeah. a whole nother thing too. Um and so then in the first part of the pandemic, we ended up going to uh Pittsburgh and staying at my brother's house um because we knew we could like kind of isolate there and we would have space. And um and while we were there, because oh, pivot like work wise, we both kind of pivoted everything online. He's yeah. teaching ballet online. Teaching online. <laughs> I was coaching. I started coaching and really focusing on building my coaching practice and podcasting. And so we had pushed the appointment a couple of times, and so we're in Pittsburgh. And then we got some really exciting news um, that our apartment. Somebody wanted to see our apartment, and so we let them see it. And they saw it and they put an offer in Amazing. a cash. offer. <gasps> yeah. So that was like magic, Hallelujah. magical. Yeah, yeah. It was a magical moment. And were you we're planning so on selling it or was it, we, it just came out of nowhere? We, we listed it in 2019 and then took it off the market because there were no bites. So it wasn't even really on the market. It's just that the broker that had listed it for us just called and said, hey, I have this family that's looking for an East Village place. Would you want to show it? And we were like, we're not even there. So yes, yeah. <laughs> please show it, take it. And <laughs> and they put in an offer and um, we decided to accept their accept their offer. And because we didn't want to have to pay our mortgage at the at the beginning of the pandemic, we had, you know, gotten rid of our, what, what is the word? Deferred our mortgage, mm, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> deferred our mortgage. Um, but we had no idea how we were going to come back from that, you know? Yeah. Um, so we were just so excited to have sold it. And, um, and then it gave us the option to just push and plow forward with having the baby. We were like, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then what was the next step? What happened? I mean, what well, so we, we went up to New York, so we went up to New York to pack and put our stuff into storage. Cause we're like, we'll put it in storage for now and we'll move back to Pittsburgh. And, uh, and then when wicked comes back, like, we'll just, keep our stuff here and move back. So we, while we were in New York for a month packing, Steven got asked to go teach a uh, ballet in Houston at a ballet school in the woodlands and Mont- and they have a studio in Montrose and they offered to pay for our housing. And we were uh, like, well, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. got in the car, we drove three days mm-hmm. and, um, that and was we've in, been here ever since. That was in August. <laughs> I never thought I'd live in Texas ever again. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are in Texas. But you're near your family, right? Like, are they mm-hmm. move? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That's they don't a live nice in Orange thing. anymore. So no. it's like they're all really close and really good friends that are really close by. And Stephen's job has been great. And so we were able to like, okay, he's got steady money. We no longer have to pay this ridiculous Manhattan mortgage, mortgage. and maintenance. And, um, and we had some cash so we could put that into an escrow account and start moving forward with the baby. 
Mm. And so, you know, and then the next, I, I actually don't know why. So we got here in August and I guess it just took a while for the process why did it take so oh, we long? Had to, we, had to, she, we had to get the legal agreements oh, written. Right. We had to get her medical clearance. There's all this process that happened. Well, and also surrogacy. you were like, not yeah. just that surrogacy situation, but you were also moving to a new state right. and like all that comes uh, with that too, you know, in the middle right. of a and pandemic then, still. And then <laughs> trying to book her, waiting for her cycle. Like, cause right. then you get into like yeah. the biological process <laughs> of like, I've never been so involved in a woman's cycle in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm like, wow, I never thought this would be so like exciting we're learning about you know what a uterus is and how thick the lining how gets thick the lining should be like what what how many days after how yeah, many days after they can do the transfer so that it's i i honestly feel like the education that gay men get when they are going through surrogacy is the education that all men should get to understand <laughs> yeah. what is going on when a woman menstruates and then has a baby. Yes. 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 And even some yeah, women, y'all, because it's I will, true. full disclosure, I was on the pill for literally almost my entire adult life. <laughs> I, I went off the chest. pill. <laughs> I went off the pill during the pandemic. And one day I said to Kara, I was like, oh my God, it's like the middle of the month and I have cramps. What is going on? She was like, Jess, it's called ovulation. <laughs> like I truly, I, I had, cause when I went off the pill to have Elliot, we got pregnant like three months in, it was very fast. I know it's crazy, but like, so I had, that was the only time I'd been off the pill and I was like, here I am at 39 years old finding out what ovulation feels like. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, so, so I would love to have that education. That was very helpful. It's been, it's been very kind of thrown in the fire, you know, so we had to, we had to get her to cycle. We had to get, we put her on estrogen and then that her body reacted negatively to it. Mm. They were like, so then they needed to see if her body would naturally do what it needed to do. And it did. And then we had to wait another cycle in order to like yeah, make right. sure that, so it's just like waiting and yeah. waiting and waiting. Yeah, because there are only so many days in a month you can actually get pregnant. I mean, that's the thing it's that very you, you know, finite. it's very finite amount of time. So it's not like, you know, we, I think when you're in your early twenties or whatever, and you're worried about getting pregnant and you're like, oh my God, at the end of the day, you can only get pregnant in a certain amount of days. <laughs> Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. And so then we have to, you know, figure out that those days and then book her a flight, get her a car, get her a hotel, get her up to Connecticut. Wow. Um, you know, during, yes, that's all true. During a also, pandemic. <laughs> also, before we convinced her that it was OK to fly, she actually was thinking about driving 15 hours. Oh, my God. And we had to actually, like, really convince her to not drive. So she did end up flying. Um, we made our first appointment uh, for the embryo transfer February 8th. Um, He's so good at dates. I don't remember those. There's things. only certain things I remember. And then everything else I don't really remember. <laughs> but it was going to be well. like a Zoom session, mm -hmm. watching them put the embryo into her uterus. And... Um, and it was very exciting. It was and so I exciting. have a video of us like watching it and we're just like holding on and yeah. watching <laughs> on Zoom. Like holding your breath. And crying. And she's, you know, and she's wearing a mask, the poor thing. It's like, you know. And um we were so excited. And then of course you have to wait a week until they can do a blood test to see how that's going. And we waited a week. This is just in February, and they did the blood test and they're like, it's looking really good. Her numbers are going up. She was positive for pregnancy. That's what they say. Mm -hmm. And then a week later, they want to check for a heartbeat. And they did the week later, we did a Is um, it an ultrasound? ultrasound yeah. for the heartbeat. Mm -hmm. There was nothing there. 
And but then, her numbers had still... But her numbers were increasing, right. so they were like, wait a week. And then they went, and it was just this really faint, kind of slow, dull mm. heartbeat. And then we found out it just wasn't going to take him. And we were very upset, and we... um very depressed for several weeks. I feel like I'm actually finally like coming out of whatever I was in. I mean, it was a that was in she April, cried in March. She cried immediately. Yeah. Mm. And I don't think it registered for us. It registered for her immediately. You yeah. know, but yeah. but when we it took me maybe a week or so to realize oh we had a miscarriage and mm. um and it sucks. And then her body wouldn't release it, so she's just it's just like in her yeah. and yeah. she just she felt horrible and we had to wait and schedule a dnc and and also like so there's all this waiting right but there's also like a lot of emailing happening between us her and the, the doctor in connecticut and the doctor in florida and the, so there's all this like mm-hmm. back and forth and like you don't get the answers you want quickly mm-hmm. right. i'm sure you guys all know this but <laughs> it's just like uh, it's, it's really hard. frustrating. It's it's super frustrating because you just want her to be healthy and happy. And she was like struggling at this moment. And it was just so it, talk about not being in control. Yeah. I mean, it, it sucked. Sucked. Well, and um, because you guys are because you are good, decent people. So you cared about her. I mean, I'm sure there are people who go through this journey who don't really connect with their surrogate or they don't factor in her emotional well-being or her. You know, they just want to know how are we pregnant what's happening what's going on and so you know for you guys you had this personal connection with her but I think even if you hadn't known her through you know like a friend of a friend it's like you you care about her as a human you know you're empathetic Mm. towards what she's going through and also there's probably some like guilt then I would think I don't know because you're like we're putting her she wouldn't be in this position if we weren't Mm -hmm. you know I don't want to put words in your mouth but like to think if we weren't trying to do this and now she's going through this journey and and, and we do, we sit there on the fence and we're like, you know, because we talk to her all the time and we're like, and especially during the, after the DNC and, and all of that procedure. And I was just like, and then after she got the DNC, she said something to us like, um, I think we'll be able to try again in June. And, and like, I was like, wow. I mean, it was just like the fact that she was so, she was still, she yeah, was ready like, to just give. She's on board. She just, yeah. She's yeah. still on board. She's a freaking angel. She really is. She's like a different. And so, human. you know, just to um, bring it back up again. No, you know, we're, we're, we're on the, you know, the upswing of things again. I think emotionally. She got her period like last week and we were like, yay, she got a period. You know, like it was two weeks ago. And I was like, you know, like, you know, the nurse, the nurse email is like, let me know when you bleed. I'm like, why do they have to say that? Why does it say bleed? You know what I mean? You're like, anyway, so the, it's all looking good. She's, you know, in a better place. She's moving forward. We're all vaccinated now. We're all, I feel like, just emotionally better. I think we were all so stressed at the time and we didn't even realize it. Yeah. Well, and that um, plays into it too. Mm-hmm, so much, mm-hmm. you know. And her body, you know, was doing the right thing for whatever reason the mm-hmm. embryo didn't take. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, you know. But I, I will say, like, personally, I, I don't know what you what you think, but I think I was so depressed and I didn't. We were crying every day. I didn't At actually. At some point, just randomly yeah, crying, you know. I didn't actually realize it. And now I feel like, you know, we moved into a house and that took, that was another stress. At the same time. <laughs> that was another stress. But I feel like I'm finally like, oh, I feel like myself again. Um, it's crazy. So I can't imagine 
what it's like for a woman because it's it's like it's all so like not in your control Mm -hmm. you know it's crazy so yeah it's just i mean the combination of science that it takes to make this Mm -hmm. happen right but also the kind of like the spiritual and emotional nature of it, right? Like you moving forward and being like, we want to have a family and everything that's involved in it. It's so complicated. It's much more complicated than a man and a woman naturally having a child, right? It happens a lot of times without anybody thinking about it, right? But it also, for a heterosexual couple who struggles, they go through this as well. Um, And it's just... I. I feel so much for you guys being on this journey for as long as you have been on with all the bumps along the way, not to mention, I mean, the things that you kept talking about, you're like, oh, well, I got this job. So now we can move forward with having a baby. The the things that come into play financially, even to be able to move forward in this way. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I feel for you and I, but I know also know that your baby's coming and it's the baby that you are meant to have. And it's just going to be the most magical day when it happens. I just know it. I could look at your faces. Like I just, (laughs) I just know it in whatever form it is. Right. Yeah. That baby's coming for you. Yeah. The one that's supposed to be there. You know, we always say it's like that child wanted to be there, you know, and that little soul wanted to be on this earth. And so it's the, it's just waiting. They're just waiting. Yeah. They're just they waiting. didn't really want to come during COVID. They're no. like, I don't need to be a part of that. No. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it be. Are her children, and then I want to talk to you um, before we close about where you are and what's happening in the future, but mm. yes. um, are are her children young? I'm just wondering, like, if she's... because to and- eight oh, okay ten, so they're okay, like pretty self-sufficient seven. with regard to like life they're so cool about it i mean they and they love us and like you know yeah. so they're the kids are just so so you're, you're it's not your baby but you're carrying it for uncle brett and uncle steven well you know? her son as, associated it with phoebe from friends oh yeah so you're gonna be like phoebe perfect. from friends so as, perfect. As, as i also like, love well, that a I'm 10 not. year old knows about friends i yes. mean my gosh it, it it's, holds true it's so old yeah. it's cool again yeah. that's the problem yeah. 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 <laughs> that's totally phoebe from friends oh i love that yeah. well you guys yeah. so now you're in texas and built-in babysitters to a certain degree i mean if you stay yes. but here's the question but... here's the question Will you stay? Are you staying? We know you've bought a house. Broadway's coming back. Wicked is coming back. Where do you, have y'all? I mean, you've obviously you've talked about it, but like, where do you stand on that? Broadway husbands. It was a difficult decision, but I uh, turned down Wicked last week. Wow. Yeah, I just I was swinging, and oh. mm-hmm. um, that place is such a machine, and it was just not. Um, fun (laughs) yeah yeah um they don't they they don't really they care more about the show than the people and we've all been in those shows i know Mm -hmm. um well there's a reason that that they're sort of very corporate there are those shows that get to a point where they're just going for so long and i mean i pray and hope that the last year and a half will change the culture there but i think that it's been there for so long that i it was kind of embedded in there i've never experienced such a stressful um such a stressful environment Mm. at at a Broadway show. So I was like, you know, it would, it would have been fine. I think once I learned all my tracks, but I was covering nine tracks and I, 
That's a nightmare. Learned, I, I think it went on for my final track the week before the shutdown. Oh my god. So I was like, I just don't want to return to that. And yeah. Steven's job is great. And we're in your family and we have space. And I know people at Tuts and I know people at the Alley. Yeah. And I know, and our agents are still submitting us for stuff. And, and because we're spending so much less to live here, mm-hmm. if I book a TV spot or something, I can afford to fly up to New York. Right. And, well, and everything yeah. is virtual auditions now. So it doesn't even matter exactly. if that's what yeah, your focus the, is. Yeah, the amount of auditions, the, the self tapes that we've had, it's a lot. So it's actually been pretty good. It feels, you know, and it's not forever. I think, I think we can all say that like during the pandemic, we've learned that, you know, A, we don't have control and nothing's forever, you know, and this is just for today. Um, this That's is all we've been trying yeah. to do is just take it a day at a time. And it's like today, if we bought a house, we'd actually spend less per month than yeah. we're spending for storage and for a furnished apartment. What if we do that? And then we just just got to that moment. And now we're going to get to this next moment. And then we'll get to the next moment. Mm-hmm. And who knows? And I mean, I had an audition for a Whataburger commercial yesterday. <laughs> so... <laughs> I was like, you know, you've made it in Texas when you have an audition for a Whataburger commercial. I was so excited. Yes. Like, oh, my yes. oh my God. What I wouldn't give for a Whataburger run right now. Oh my God. Oh, that's amazing. You guys. You just well, love that though, that you said like, it's for this moment, right? It's what, and yeah. if, like you said, if the pandemic has taught us anything is that we have zero control and we have to make the best of our circumstances at this moment. Absolutely. And you've completely done that, you know, and hats off to you. Cause a lot of people have, we've all struggled. I mean, to be honest, yeah. but we're all just doing the best we can. Right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Guys, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today and for sharing your, your journey and your story and, and being so honest and, and truthful. Yeah. Because I think that that's, I think it's so important, I think, to make sure that people who are also on this journey know they're not alone for those gay couples or even, you know, hetero couples who are struggling to conceive, to hear more in depth of what the journey is and the emotions that come with it. And um, yeah, I just, I I love it. And for those who listen, maybe places where they don't know too many gay people, right? Where they don't, where they aren't exposed to people who are in the LGBTQ community. And um, we're always seeking to amplify and enlighten and, you know, spread joy and, and show that we're all the same, right? We all, we all are the same at the end of the day. We need to take care of each other, right? Yeah. So awesome. Have a great day. Of course, guys. Of course. And happy Pride. Yeah. Happy happy Pride. Pride. Thanks for kicking us off. (laughs) (laughs) Be well. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. Special shout outs to Rachel Spencer Hewitt for our fabulous graphic, Kristen Anderson Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Ward Weber for our awesome theme song. Our producers, Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.